Hello friends and welcome to Men Do Disney, episode 109, Don't Be That Guy. My name is Pete and joining me tonight are Matt. What's up everybody? And Tom. And he's back, just like that. We're three guys who want to help you make the most of your Disney World vacation as well as to bring some of that magic into your world, into your life every day. So put on your favorite pair of Mickey ears, lower your safety harness, remain seated until the ride has come to a complete stop and men, let's do Disney. Tom, you sounded really enthused when you said, and he's back. Well, I mean, it's exciting. We're, we're at full strength. You know, we... You didn't sound excited. Uh, that wouldn't be the word that I used. You, you said I sounded enthused, right? Yeah, I was being sarcastic. Though. Sarcasm. Look it up in the dictionary I think I missed your sarcasm because I am genuinely excited that Matt has returned. I thought he was happy. I thought he was happy. You sounded dead And I smiled inside. and shot, did, did, did the, the finger guns at Matt right when I said that. You did the finger. I didn't see the finger. Guns. Yeah, well, you- I'll tell you. I, I feel it feels good to be back. I'm happy. I only missed one episode this time. It's a lot better than my previous track record. So why don't we um why don't we get to some Disney topics? Let's talk about that instead of my tardiness and my absences. No, that's fair. That's fair. So tonight we're going to be talking about how to not be that guy. For those of you that have been to Disney recently, or or those of you really that have listened to our recent podcast. We've had some discussion about Epcot specifically and kind of some of the problems that we've seen with people being that guy. And and this is, you know, this stems from a whole variety of things, but we're going to teach you how not to be that guy and what not to do. And, and hopefully you aren't doing any of these things, but if you are, you can uh, you can eliminate them from your repertoire and uh, and not be that guy anymore. So before we get into that, Let's uh, let's go to the news for this week. So starting with the news, we will start in Magic Kingdom. Actually, yeah, we'll start in Magic Kingdom. Let's do that. So Muppets, back in the Magic Kingdom. How about that? Well, you know what? They're kind of back in the Magic Kingdom. I, I lied a little bit. It was announced earlier this week that Muppets present the great moments in history will once again be performed across from the Hall of Presidents at the Heritage House daily during President's Day weekend, so it'll be Saturday, February 15th through Monday, February 17th. I kind of hate that that this is just coming back for a little bit of a a teaser, but nonetheless, it'll be there for a weekend. I like this show. I don't know why it went away. I mean, I, it, well, they went away because Disney was cutting everything. Yeah, it it's not something that, it's something that's nice to just go and stay for a couple minutes for and pop in and out. I don't know that I've ever sat and watched the whole thing. Yeah, I mean, I think the show's okay. I, I just hate that there's a lot of Muppet fans that are listeners and Muppets fans that go to Disney, and it just it's tough that the show won't be there long term. Uh, staying in Magic Kingdom, Tomorrowland Terrace Dessert Party now includes alcohol, so Disney is still really just starting to flirt with this idea of alcohol in Magic Kingdom. Uh, with that came price increases, so uh, $99 for adults now and 59 for children. There's also an after fireworks dessert party now available uh, in the Magic Kingdom. $89 for adults there, $53 for children. And I like to remind everyone children's ages are three to nine. The after fireworks dessert party includes chocolate dipped strawberries, Disney desserts, ice cream, cookies, cupcakes, savory snacks. So think like egg rolls or spinach dip. And then on the alcohol front, it is cider, beer, wine. And then they also have their signature lemonades and coffee. So Disney's just inching closer and closer to actually providing alcohol in Magic Kingdom. I think it's coming sooner rather than later. It's it's in too many places now. 
to to start walking it back. Yeah, I, t- I tend to I tend to agree with you there. Um, another item in Magic Kingdom: Big Top souvenirs closed for a carpet refurbishment because of a flood. So now we've had a fire there. We've had a flood. What's next, Pete? I, I guess the plague of locusts. Maybe maybe the death of the firstborn. I don't I don't know what's coming next. Yeah, I, I don't know. I mean, I actually was there post fire and went and actually I shopped back there. But and it's seen. I actually I mean the carpet needs to be replaced anyway. So maybe this is good timing for Disney. I'm not sure. Um, if you remember a few episodes back, we mentioned a refurbishment coming to the Buzz Lightyear Space Ranger Spin Q. Um, well, a wall has been removed between the standby and fast pass line. So if you remember, there was a wall there. It's just a wide open queue. Now, I think we were hoping the refurbishment would take place on the actual attraction and not the queue, but needless to say, it is, uh, done and back open with the new queue. Last piece of news for magic kingdom. I want to congratulate the Kansas city chiefs on a super bowl victory. I know we have some listeners from that area, uh, assuming you're a chiefs fan, because it seems like everyone over there is. I know Patrick Mahomes was in, uh, obviously, going to Disney World and was in Disney World yesterday. So, upon release, this will be released on Tuesday. So, he was there yesterday for the parade. Uh, and that's just always kind of a cool tradition for the uh, for the Disney fans out there. Moving over to Epcot, taking the monorail over, as Matt would like, to, like me to say, the Regal Eagle Smokehouse will be open on February 9th. So, right around the corner, just next week. And this is going to be located in the America Pavilion. We've shared the menu in the past, so I won't go into those details. But really, I'm really excited for this. I, I think it's uh, going to be really good food, actually. Yeah, really excited about this as well. Craft beer and barbecue, recipe for success, in my opinion, right there. Yeah, that's right up Pete's, Pete's alley for sure. Another note in Epcot, not really newsworthy, but something we should share. Uh, they have re-released Impress- Impressions de France in 4K. So if, if you've seen that show... In the past, it is now in 4K if you want to check that out. And you can only check it out from 7.30 to 9.30 because uh, Beauty and the Beast sing-along is playing during the day. So if you're going to see it, you got to go late night to France Pavilion to see it. Yep, good note. Th- thanks for sharing that, Pete. Uh, last bit of news for... Oh, that is it. That is the last bit of news for Epcot. I don't know. I, I am really... I'll tell you guys what I've been struggling with on both Magic Kingdom and Epcot. So moving to Hollywood Studios, and I had this slotted in the wrong area, and for some reason, I kept thinking it was somewhere other than it is. But another sneak peek has been released for Mickey and Minnie's run, Runaway Railway uh, just about a month away now. Uh, a month away a month away to the date when this releases. So March 4th will be the grand opening, and there is a video online that you can take a look inside to see Mickey and Minnie's Runaway Railway as training gets underway for the attraction's opening team. But unfortunately, still no hints or any information from Disney at all how they're going to handle this attraction. It doesn't look like, I mean, we're a month away at this point. It doesn't look like they're going to be offering FastPass for it. But can you have two attractions with virtual queues at the same time? Are they just going to open it up and, and let it go? There's no telling. Yeah, hopefully I, I'll be down at Disney shortly after the opening of this. So I can, uh, well, Pete, you'll be there. I mean, relatively after it, a couple of yeah, months after. May. Yeah. So uh, we'll, we'll certainly share what we can about that attraction. Staying in Hollywood Studios, so that they've continued to tinker with the park hours and the extra magic hours. It looks like they now have extended through March. It's a 30-minute extension, which doesn't make a ton of sense to me uh, from, what, 8 to 8.30 p.m. But all this, all this is related to Rise of Resistance. 
They are trying to they've, – they've talked about reeling in the hours from the 7 a.m. opening to the 8 a.m. opening. Now, they seem to have a system that they like for virtual queue. But you're going to con- just, just pay attention to the app and to Disney websites because you're going to continue to see changes here. Uh, I anticipate yeah. for quite some time. Yeah, and I, I would make sure that you know when, when you're going to Hollywood Studios, make sure you know what opening time is. Don't think that it's at 8 o'clock and, and you know, get there at 8 o'clock and it was really at 7. It, it, it's really frustrating that they keep changing these times, but make sure you stay on top of it because last thing you want to do is uh, is get to the park late and, and not get a boarding group. Well said, well said. So, uh, nothing for Animal Kingdom. One piece of news for Disney Springs that we think is noteworthy, Blaze Pizza now offers online ordering, so you can mobile order your Blaze Pizza. I think that's a big deal because Blaze is typically crowded, and if you go to Disney Springs on a Friday or Saturday and don't have a dining reservation, you want it, you're going you're to need to mobile order, and, and you don't want to wait in the line, basically is what I'm saying. And so uh, that, that's really neat that Blaze Pizza is offering that. Uh, I'm a big fan of Blaze Pizza myself, and I know it's a popular restaurant at Disney Springs. So moving over to the last news area for us, kind of our general news. There is a new military discount now for Memory Maker. So Disney announced a new special offer on Memory Maker. It's eligible for military service members and their spouses from now until December 18th, 2020. Um, Guests get a special discounted price of $98 for Memory Maker, which can be purchased at any Walt Disney World ticket window. So that's quite a good deal uh, for for our military uh, military folks that listen, or if you know anyone that's going to Disney and, and is uh, formerly or in the military, make sure they know they are aware of this deal. Another cool feature that has now rolled out: uh, web browser users can now use co-browse feature with cast members on a Disney website. So guests who are using the browser-based version of My Disney Experience now have the option of using co-browse, which is a new screen sharing feature that will allow a Disney cast member to see what the guest has seen on their web browser and help them navigate the website. Once guests engage in this feature, they'll be given a code to access co-browse, which will then pair the cast member's computer to the guest device, and the cast member can use the technology to use the Walt Disney World website remotely to help the guests find information they need. Of course, the co-browse feature is limited to Walt Disney World website and cast members will be unable to access or view anything else on your machine other than an active Walt Disney World window. In addition, guests will be speaking to the cast member over the phone or by chat to use co-browse. So I think that explains it fairly well. That was Disney's release on it. I think this is good. I think as Disney moves further and further down their technology walk, having this type of option available is really good. Because it can be overwhelming booking things and navigating the My Disney Experience app, Disney websites, and so forth and so on. So I think this is a really good feature, by, a good move by Disney. Uh, Club Run Disney has been announced. So it's available. There's like three different year-long membership levels, I think. And, and the price range is $260 a year to $800 annually. And so it gets you some perks. It gets you like a jacket, some other little souvenirs. And... No, it does not guarantee you a ticket to the race. It guarantees you the right to buy a ticket to the race, which I think is ridiculous. If I'm paying $800 a year, I would think I'd have access to every race. You would, you would think so, but then you wouldn't be in this club. So, guys, if you really want some of the souvenirs, maybe go check it out. Not something I would recommend unless unless you struggle to get into every race. I mean, I... You know, my wife has run a couple, and Pete, your wife's run some, and 
We have listeners who've, who've shared their experience. I've never heard of you, of any of us not been able to get in the race we want to run. Well, it, it's, these things do sell out really, really quickly. Right. And so having, I guess the, the guaranteed option to buy into these races is, is a perk and you do get a discount too. It's got to be a locals thing, man. It's got to be one of those like, because there, there's no way you're coming from out of town and you would buy this. You know what I mean? I don't know. They were, I mean, I knew some people before we moved that went down to Disney for every race, every single one. I don't know. I just don't see where this makes much sense. And hopefully, this is the best thing about this podcast. We have listeners that when we say things like that, a definitive statement, this makes no sense to me. We have listeners that will reach out and say, hey, this is why I do it. And it helps me understand it. So if we have listeners who think this is a great idea or plan to be a part of this club, reach out and tell us. Give me your thought process. Maybe we're missing it. Maybe we're missing the boat on there. Maybe I'm missing the boat on this. Uh, but just did want to did want to make that note. And then the last bit of news in the general news section we have, uh, price increase for character dining. So I don't want to break down every restaurant and what the increase was. Roughly adult pricing went up a dollar to three dollars per character dining meal and kids went up like three to four dollars. And so it's it's those subtle increases that, that hit you if you're there for a week in a family of four and you go to three character dinings. I mean, it, it adds up a little bit. Yep. That's it. I, Pete, did you have anything you wanted to share? Yeah, I've got a couple of things that I want to share. First off, I want to encourage everybody to sign up for our Patreon, if so inclined. We are going to be offering at least one additional episode per month. We may do more just depending on time and all that, all that kind of stuff. Uh, and then again, if I can get these guys to actually write something, we'll, we'll try to put out a monthly newsletter as well. It's patreon.com slash men do WDW. If you're interested, sign up. The other thing that I have, Soren over California is coming back to yeah. Disneyland. I, Pete, for our listeners, Pete tried to get me to drop this into the Epcot section and I couldn't do that to you. I couldn't do that to your hearts and to your minds to make you think and potentially drive off the road in excitement that it was coming back to Epcot. So I told Pete, we needed to share this separately. Yeah. So this is coming back to Disneyland from February 28th to April 21st. I wish they'd bring this. This has not been back to Disney World since it left, since they came out with Soarin' Around the World. I think they should split screen it, right? Make think, make one I of the theaters- Yep, I think they should offer two theaters, or well, two of just just put it in one of the, one of the theaters. There's three theaters, right? Yep, yep. Throw it in one of the theaters, and you'd be able to walk on the the Soren as it is today. And and everybody everybody likes Soren over California more, right? I, I mean, I think that's pretty unanimous, right? I mean, most people we talk to certainly do, and reach out to us if we're way off base here. I mean, same kind of thing. If you if you think the Soren around the world is significantly better. That's fine, because it's still a really good attraction that I plan on doing every time I go to Epcot. But man, I am jealous of Disneyland. Yeah, me too. That's that's it, though. That's it for the news. Okay, so let's hear from our sponsor, Kingdom Strollers. So your family is coming to Orlando. And the thought of lugging your stroller onto the plane isn't your idea of fun. But you're smart enough to know that conquering the theme parks of Orlando without a stroller for your kids could be a vacation killer. As parents ourselves, we get it. You're not asking for much. You just want the convenience of a clean, affordable stroller or crib delivered to your hotel or vacation home, ready to use. Welcome to Kingdom Strollers, a Disney-featured stroller and crib provider that does exactly what you're looking for at a great price. To book your stroller or crib, just click on the item you'd like to reserve and select the dates for your rental. We run a tight ship, so we will never overbook. 
Next, tell us where you're staying and choose the times for delivery and pickup. Then, choose from helpful free accessories like cooler bags and rain covers. It couldn't be easier. If you have any questions or concerns, you can check our FAQ page or just give us a call. We are always ready to answer your questions. Once you've placed your reservation, there's nothing left to do except count down the days until you're in sunny Florida. So what are you waiting for? Go ahead and book your stroller or crib from Kingdom Strollers today. So which one of you has been that guy before? Looking, looking at this list that, that we're going to go through, I mean, I know I've been that guy. And at least some point, I've been that guy. I have, I have never been that guy. I might have been that child. I think I might have been that child. But I've never been that guy. You know, having known you when, you, when, when we were growing up, I guarantee you were that child. Yeah, I think we all have been that guy. Looking at the list we have here now, some of these things I would never consider doing, but they're on the list because we know that people have done them or that we see people do them. Yeah, exactly, exactly. And and a lot of these I've I've done before right i mean it's it's just one of those things that you get in the heat of the moment and you you don't think about being considerate to other people and i think that's what <laughs> i love that you say that you don't think about being considerate to other people you're in the moment well yeah and 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 that's what this list ultimately in this episode ties back to is have some some consideration for the other people that are there at the parks you know everybody has paid a lot of money to be at the parks and some people think, well, I've paid a lot of money. That gives me the right to do whatever I want to do. And that's not really the case. Paying a lot of money to get into the parks guarantees you the right to go in and have a good time, but it doesn't give you the right to make other people have a bad time. And and that's really what a lot of this stuff is, is it's influencing other people's experience at the park. So let, let's get started. And something that I know all three of us has, have done because we were all around when the initial fast pass system was out. And I know that we did this. And I know that we still kind of, I mean, we call it Disney dad walking, but is it really running? You know what? As long as you don't have your high knees going, as long as you're not pushing people over, as long as you, when one foot leaves the ground, the other foot hits the ground, I think you're okay. But what Pete's alluding to here is running. Um, you are not allowed to run in Walt Disney World. And you see it, it's hard to monitor, but... Truth be told, it's in the rule book. You, you really can't do that. So I am guilty here. I have run on numerous occasions. I've actually run far too like recently. Like It's kind of embarrassing. I, uh, this past August, I ran from Soarin', Soarin to Mission Space with, uh, to, to, with my brother-in-law because we were trying to do the one last attraction and my wife refused to run. She watched the fireworks instead, even though she is the only one probably in good enough shape to make the run without having to stop. I was going to say, were you breathing heavy? I was, I was sweating. I was breathing heavy. There was a lot. I mean, and I had, and I had uh, enjoyed the world showcase that day as well. It's funny because you made the opposite run or we made the opposite run. On our, our last trip, and you you were the one that refused to run. I just told, I just said, listen, I've had enough. You, you guys, and I, and that time I walked, and you still made the and ride. I still made the ride, but yeah, I mean, you don't want to be the person running. I, I I'm not proud, but I will admit that I've done it, and I've done it way too recently. But yeah, you don't want to be the one running through the park, especially at especially at, at rope drop. I mean, it's there are so many people trying to get into the park at one time. There's kids. There's there's older people, you know, it's just, it's not a good, it's not a good thing to do. It really creates a dangerous situation for everybody. 
the way I kind of talk about this when I think, or the way I think about this is when you're on the interstate, you know, we all probably drive a little bit more than the speed limit, but you know, we're not the guys going 85 or 90 in a 70. We might be going like 75, 78. But at the same time, when you get off that exit, you're at the exact same light as the car you saw weaving through traffic. So I kind of, Pete, if you could see Pete's face right now. Matt, I've, I've ridden, I've ridden with Tom and I've driven before. And, and I know that Tom and I are both that guy that drives 90. I'm the guy that, that Matt hates, who when everyone's trying to get off on the same, on one exit and there's a long line, I drive up in the left lane and cut all the cars. I will say, out of the three of us, I, I think I have the, the best driver ethics. I think that I'm the safest driver. And I, I, yeah, I think so. I'm going to give myself that nod. Well, the next, the next one on our list here is actually something that's kind of, it's kind of counterintuitive. You're actually allowed to bring chewing gum into Walt Disney World, but you actually cannot buy chewing gum anywhere on Walt Disney property. And that that reason is basically because Walt realized a long time ago that people spit their chewing gum on the ground and people step in it and it's, you know, very nasty, it's very unseemly. And so you and can I actually specifically not- think of the top of Expedition Everest. You know, where people shoot all their hairbands and throw their gum. And it's just, it's disgusting. You don't need to see that. Isn't there something at uh, Big Thunder Mountain that people put gum on to? Isn't there a gum wall? I mean, I, I always have chewing gum in the park, uh, but I, I chew gum more than a normal human being. I mean, nonstop every day I'm chewing gum. So I, to me, this is not a that guy kind of move. If you can chew your gum like a normal adult and throw it away in the trash can. Yeah, spitting it, spitting it on the ground so somebody can step in it or, or, or putting it someplace where people have to look at it, to me... Is it that guy move, right? It, it's not the act of chewing it because that's fine, but it's the lazy act of spitting on the ground or, yeah. But yeah, but I, but still, I think everyone should know that if you are like Tom and you are a guy or a girl that likes to chew gum, a lot of gum throughout the day, you need to bring your own gum into the park because you're not going to be able to buy it at Walt Disney World. But yeah, put it in the trash can. So something that was really annoying to me when when they first came onto the market, and, and obviously we don't see at Disney World anymore because they're banned, are, are selfie sticks. These were just annoying. They're right? unnecessary. I mean, you, you were, and, and, and this goes along to me with flash photography on rides or during shows or during fireworks or during parades. <clears throat> All you're doing by taking flash pictures or trying to use a selfie stick is you're ruining other people's experience. Right. Nobody wants to be riding on Pirates of the Caribbean trying to enjoy the little dog with the key and you've got thirty thousand flashes going off in your eyes. Yeah, so I think I think with, with the selfie sticks, with all the opportunity for photography at Disney World, you really don't need them. I mean, one, I, I don't know, Pete, Matt, there's never been a time where my wife and I wanted a picture of ourselves and we have ever been turned down that you couldn't find it that you couldn't find a Not cast, even a cast too, right? Just a normal person. Hey, do you, do you mind taking a quick picture of us? So you really don't need a selfie stick because if you're uncomfortable asking just a, another park goer, cast members will do it. No problemo. Even the photo pass photographer photographers will take it with your cell phone or your camera. So, and then, and then on all the ride vehicle on all the rides, you can, you know, your your seats are close enough where you can hold your hand out and take a quick selfie if you want one. But you do have the ride vehicle photo that is also available for sale. And I understand it's expensive, but that, I'm glad Disney got rid of these because they did get in the way, especially during fireworks or during parades. Uh, people try to do unique, different photos that were just unnecessary. 
Then you go down Splash Mountain with a selfie stick, and next thing you know that you've lost the selfie stick and you've hit the person behind you in the head with it, right? And so, you've lost your phone or your camera. Yeah, yeah, exactly. So, uh, no, I think this is good. And, and again, flash photography on rides to me goes right along with this. Don't do that. I have a, that's, that's, I have a funny that's story stupid. about flash photography, and Pete will get a kick out of it because I think he knows what I'm going to say. It, it, and it was, it was kind of – it wasn't my fault, but – So, on the trip in December – my mom was on the trip, and she wanted to take a picture of the Frozen attraction for Pete's uh, children because they, they love Frozen. And uh, she was, of course, my mom knows the rules about flash photography, but did not realize her phone had it. And right when she clicked to take the picture, the flash goes off, and she immediately throws her phone down in her lap so it doesn't ruin the ride experience. But Disney actually came over the intercom within seconds and said, ma'am, no flash photography on this attraction, please. And I, I mean, it, of course, I was dying laughing because she totally was embarrassed. But yeah, it's it is it is annoying. And Disney, I mean, they prohibit it, so you can get in trouble as well. Well, the next the next don't be that guy at Disney World is kind of grim. This is something that I don't think that any I don't think ninety percent of the world would ever think to do this. But maybe you have a family member, a relative, a friend who passes away, and they've asked for their ashes to be spread at Walt Disney World on some ride, some attraction. I think that the Haunted Mansion is where this this kind of thing happens more more frequently. But um, spreading ashes, um, human remains at Walt Disney World is definitely frowned upon, definitely something that you should not do. And um, I'm, I'm just going to leave it at that. Um, and I, I had I do also know like how frequently the park is cleaned. Like the ashes are going to go in a vacuum cleaner and in a trash can. They're not going to stay where you want them. Yeah, I mean, it's actually alarming how many, I mean, if you if you were to talk to cast members or, or you'll hear stories of how many times this is attempted, there are a lot of people. That it's 100% also against the law as well. Yeah. It, like, it, I mean, it's a DHEC violation. You can't do it. And I mean, we're, we're advising you one because it's kind of odd, but two, you can get in a lot of trouble at Disney World if you get caught doing this. But I mean, who wants to, I mean, just imagine, just be, don't, don't be selfish, I guess. Think about do you want to sit in a doom buggy with someone else's ashes? Probably not. No, it's one of those things that I think it happens a lot in the Haunted Mansion. I think it happens at some other attractions that you know people loved or certain aspects of Walt Disney World. But you, you, you'll be surprised how many cameras Walt Disney World has in, in, a, in action every day. And if you were caught doing this, you will not only you know, probably get in legal trouble, you'll be kicked out of Disney World and probably receive a lifetime ban. So just briefly on this one, you can't wear a full costume with a mask. Disney doesn't want anybody to be confused. Obviously, take pictures with you. And and they have enough problems with, you know, there's enough personalities that have YouTube channels or podcasts or whatever that are in the parks that people want their picture taken with or people want autographs from. Disney puts up with that, but they're not going to put up with you if you show up in full costume and and confuse guests. So don't don't do that. Leave the leave the masks and all that kind of stuff at home. Also, you cannot smoke or vape. I'm pretty sure in the parks. I, I don't used think to be you can vape. I know that you can. The only place you can smoke is a designated smoking area outside of the park. It not you, you cannot smoke in any Walt Disney World park. And and I've seen guests flout this rule before. It's, Particularly at Epcot, we've uh, we've seen a lot of people doing this, and that that goes along with you know getting too intoxicated, really. But but yeah, no smoking inside the parks. This is a you're you're pretty much. I, I remember walking to 
Tom, it might have been to the villains after event. We were walking behind some people that were just chain smoking cigarettes and blowing smoke back in our faces, and it, it, it really bothered me. Yeah, I, I'm not a I'm not a smoker myself, and so it, I do have uh, I'm sensitive to it. But yeah, I mean, don't do that at Disney because it's not allowed anymore. You can do it outside of the parks that have designated smoking areas, uh, but don't try it in the park. And if you're a smoker, if you're a smoker, that's your choice. Whatever, that's fine. I'm not judging that at all, but. You know, don't force other people to smell it. Don't force other people to to inhale it by by doing it in the park. You're in such close proximity to you know to people who have made the decision not to smoke, and the children also. Just don't do it. Yeah, and kind of going on that, the next one on our list is weapons. Obviously, you know they they might not catch a small pocket knife or something like that, but you don't want to bring a weapon. You can't bring you know your your gun, even if you have a concealed carrying license. You can't do that at Walt Disney World. Um, you don't need it at Walt Disney World, so don't bring weapons in. Um, I think you know knives are probably the one thing they confiscate more than anything else, just because you know every, a lot of people carry pocket knives. Just there's no need for it in Walt Disney World. There was a situation, I think it was last week or two weeks ago, something like that, where a guest brought a gun to security. He told the cast member, the security guard, that he had it. And, and it still created a security situation. You know, it, it still caused a problem. It still created a stir. So if you realize you have it, you're at the park, you're trying to go into the park, go back to your car, put it in your car. You don't, don't try to bring it into the, uh, to the park with you. Disney does not allow that. Same thing with, uh, with, with large strollers or, or wagons. Disney doesn't allow these anymore. And for good reason, really. I mean, I've got two kids. We've got the double jogging stroller that is legal at Disney World. Barely. It barely it barely falls under their limit. But it is a big stroller. It takes up a lot of space. I mean, it barely fits through a doorway. So, the, the stro- you know, having anything bigger than that is it creates huge problems. Yeah, the strollers are the strollers can be can be tough. And and we've uh, I think everyone who's gone to Disney has, has had a stroller run over run over their ankle and Pete mentioned the sizing and that his, his jogger stroller is within Disney's regulations. If you don't want to even worry about that, uh, obviously you hear every episode, our sponsor kingdom strollers can take care of all that for you. And so you can contact them and, and they'll get you set up for an approved stroller within Disney world. So you don't get caught uh, walking into the park with a stroller that won't be accepted. That's just, you don't want to put yourself in that situation that can kind of ruin Ruin a day in the parks from the get-go. Um, another one here, and we're kind of just, I feel like we're talking about some things that should be obvious, but um, obscene clothing, um, clothing that has obscene gestures on it, obscene language, um, questionable language. Disney is, first and foremost, a family-friendly park where they want everyone to have a family feel, family atmosphere. And if you're wearing something that could stir trouble or hurt someone's feelings or you know, I'm I'm not big into the hurt someone's feelings campaign, but just understand that Disney isn't going to tolerate it. So just wear what you would normally wear. To, I'm not saying wear what you wear to church, but wear what you'd wear around your mother is the best way I can say it. This this goes with revealing clothing too, right? It does. I mean, yeah. And I mean, it's Florida. It's summertime. It gets hot. But you know, we don't need to like have sex education class for all the little boys and girls because of what you're wearing to the parks, right? So. Think think about that. You know, be be conscious that you're going to be around children. I've seen some wild shirts in Disney. I've seen some that at my age, I think they're hilarious. But I also understand if I were a parent, wouldn't think it was so hilarious. 
Well, and a lot of the drinking around the world shirts now that that you see, they get a little they get a little racy. They get they they push the limits a little bit. You know, I do you want your kids to be around? You know, people that are wearing shirts that they're talking about just getting hammered, basically. So another thing you can't do at Disney: bring a drone in, fly a drone over the parks. While in theory it seems really cool to do, Disney's not going to let you do that. So don't don't be that guy trying to bring a drone into the park or fly, you know, sitting in the parking lot and flying your drone over the park. No, and and same with same with the uh, folding chairs, right? For a lot of people think, all right, I'm going to bring a chair in, I'm going to set up for the parade, I'm going to set up for the fireworks. No, you're not. I can't blame I'm going to set up just not. to have a, cheese, a ham and cheese sandwich. <laughs> Foolproof plan. I like it. I like it. <laughs> no, I'd, I'd like it too. And look, if if Disney thought this were a good idea, guess what? They would rent you chairs. Yes. Because they're all about making a buck. They're not shy about uh, about making money. I, I guarantee you that. But from a logistic standpoint, from a safety standpoint, Disney can't have this. You can't have that many people sitting on chairs you're setting up for a parade, and all of a sudden, fifty percent of the people watching the parade have set up a chair. That chair probably takes up two times the amount of space that one person does. And now you're two or three rows back. Can you even imagine walking down Main Street? It would be impossible. While you can bring a cooler into Disney World, and you can you know, kind of bring your own food if that's what you want to do, and rent a locker and store it there, you cannot bring loose ice into the parks. So by that, I mean you can't go buy a 10-pound bag of ice at the gas station, try and cool down your Gatorades or cool down your bottles of water, cool down your sandwiches, and then enjoy it later. And I get this too. I mean, loose ice can be used for a lot of different things. You could throw it at somebody. You could pour it out and someone could slip. I mean, there's a million reasons why this isn't a good idea. I think the bigger, I think the bigger reason behind it is because it, you can easily hide stuff in there. And Disney, Disney wants to limit what's being brought into the parks, right? They don't want you... Bringing in your own alcohol. They don't want you bringing in a lot of, they don't want glass bottles brought in, glass jars brought in. So limiting this is limits the ways that you can hide stuff like that. Another thing that I see far too often in the parks, and it's a real shame, it's folks arguing with cast members. There's no, I, I mean, I've, I've been to Disney a ton, had a ton of different experiences. Never once was there any justification for me to argue with a cast member. For the most part, they're doing the best they can. For the most part, they're making a magical moment. They're, they're trying to make sure you enjoy your time in Disney World. There's no reason to get loud with them, to argue with them. They're simply doing their job. And they put up with a lot and they've been And day. they have been trained. They've been trained to do exactly what they're told, exactly what's in the best interest of the park and the guest. And when they when they talk to you, that's what they're, that's what they're doing. And so I agree. Arguing with the cast member, completely unwarranted. And, then, and for the large part, a lot of the cast members that work at Walt Disney World – are there to enjoy themselves while at work, and they really do enjoy spending time with you, the guest. So don't argue with them. That's just a waste of time. This this goes back to me to the sense of entitlement that people have because they think, well, I've I've paid this much for a ticket. I have the right to do whatever I want, and and so they they use that sense of entitlement. And when they don't get their way, then they start arguing with the cast member. And and you see this in a couple of different places, you know. I can think of reservations at restaurants, particularly going back to when Be Our Guest first opened and it, when it was very difficult to get a dinner reservation or, or even a lunch reservation to. I, I can remember people screaming at cast members that, well, it's not fair that we have to wait in this line and we can't get in. 
you know, fast passes are another way or another place that people scream at the, at the cast members. And I know that my own mother was, was in a position where she was yelling at a cast member because she thought that they were letting too many people from the fast pass line in and not enough people from the regular line. And and that's, that's how it works. I think a lot of this is, it's educating yourself on Walt Disney world before you take a trip. I would say 99% of the world is not as educated on Walt Disney World as, as the listeners of this show. So when you start talking about things like dinner reservations and fast passes and, you know, ways to, you know, do certain things in the park, a lot of people just, like you said, feel entitled and feel that, well, I'm here. Like, you should tell me exactly how I should do this right now or I'm going to throw a fit. And, 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 and you're right. People... People do cast members do enjoy working at Disney for the most part. They're not they're not compensated very well, right? They're they're doing it because they like their job. They like helping people. They they like working at the at Disney World. And and yeah, yelling at them just it, it ruins it for everybody. And I think a lot of times like some of this arguing with a cast member or yelling at a cast member might come, especially in Epcot, from getting too intoxicated. Um, that's something that in Disney World is frowned upon. I know that unofficially Disney World has a drinking around the world type thing that we that we we partake in. A lot of people partake in in Epcot, and it's a lot of fun doing it responsibly. But when you get too intoxicated, and I think that's probably one of the reasons why the Magic Kingdom has been so anti-alcohol for a very long time. But you don't want to be the drunk person at Disney World. You don't want to be the drunk person in any aspect of your life. So. Be responsible, enjoy yourself at the park, and just you know be able to be able to handle yourself. If you are to the point where you're having a difficult time walking or a difficult time talking, that's probably a point where you need to lean on a friend and get yourself out of the park, get yourself to a place where you know you're at a better spot. So I do want to spend some time here because this is a this, in my opinion, is one of the biggest problems at Disney World right now, and particularly at Epcot. And I know I know that we've had this conversation. We've talked about it, but people people drinking around the world and people people getting drunk at Epcot and then just using the language that they use and and you know the volume of their voice that they use it, it's they they again they forget where they are they forget that they're around children and you know we we've talked at length about our experience at uh, at La Cava where. We were sitting next to a group of eight or nine, and, and this was at 11 o'clock in the morning. So really before anybody had had too much to drink, but we couldn't hear each other talking at a normal volume because this group was being so loud and shouting obscenities at each other. And it's it's very frustrating. Tom, I, I think you told the story about going into a bathroom and, and hearing some foul language. Just horrible language. And this was late at night, so I'm sure these this group of friends had had, had quite a day at Epcot, but... Just because of the timing of when I went in the bathroom, I knew there was a father and son in one of the stalls. And I'm sitting there like, man, you know, these guys don't know that, but the words they're saying, you always have to be cognizant of where you're at and what you're saying, especially in a place like Disney World. And so it's not cool to be that guy. I don't know. We've talked about it. I don't know how Disney could stop it from happening, but, you know, have some, uh, have some responsibility for yourself and, and make sure that, uh, that you're not impacting any of the other families or kids' experiences at Disney that day uh, in a negative way. So another one here um, that we need to talk about is fast passes, and we all know what fast passes are. We know that Disney has changed fast passes, you know, over the years, going from a ticketing system where you actually might have to, or not have to, but try to run to get there in time, 
to also um, now having a more on your phone digital fast passes. And um, people still try to sneak into the fast pass line. First off, why do y'all think this happens? And what's the benefit or the non-benefit here? Because it's not allowed. And I've, I've seen this. Tom, I saw this when we were at Hollywood Studios. There, there were a couple of girls that, and and we wrote, we waited in line for Tower of Terror with these girls, and we had a fast pass, so we wrote it back to back. These girls did not have fast passes, obviously, but had been doing this for a while. We're just walking into the fast pass lane and and, and basically taking advantage of the cast members and saying, "Oh, well, we had fast passes; they just didn't work." And and you can get away with that. I mean, I'm not saying that you can't. But it's but it's just not the right thing to do because you really you're gaming the system you're you're screwing it up for everybody else and and they're basically relying on the kindness of the Disney cast members to not because they don't Disney cast members don't want anybody to have a bad time and it, it's hard you're putting a cast member in a position where they have to they have to be firm and ninety nine percent of the time when you have when you're in an attraction queue. It's going to be a college-aged kid that just doesn't want problems. They don't want to start something. They're doing the best job that they can in a situation that, honestly, is, is really difficult because people don't – like, it goes back to being educated about Walt Disney World. And sometimes people don't understand the Fast Pass line. They don't understand the single rider line. You could throw the single rider line in here, too, and say – you know, people go in there and say, oh, well, single rider, but we have three people. Can you just put us together? Like, that's not what the single rider line is for. Yeah. And and Matt, we had, I mean, people do have legitimate problems. I remember the last time we went together, we had an issue where we got Seven Dwarf Mine Train fast passes, but only one of them, only one of them synced to our magic bands. The other one did not. We explained that to the cast member and they let us on. And if you do that, most of the time they're going to, I mean, Tom, you guys had an issue with boarding groups at Rise of the Resistance, right? So there are legitimate situations where where this comes up, but but to take advantage of it, you're just you're you're gaming the system and you're screwing other people is is all you're doing. Well said. Yeah, I can't say anything more to that. Another thing you hate to see at Disney is people throwing trash on the ground. So don't be that guy. There's there's way too many trash cans at Disney World, so there's really no excuse for this. Wasn't well, uh, the there a trash can I, every 100 feet or something 30, like that? Thirty steps usually. Yep. Thirty and steps. I, and I actually yeah. at Hollywood Studios last time I was there. Just sat there and walk walking down the main entrance. It's wild how many there are in Hollywood Studios now. And obviously they've had an increase in foot traffic with Rise of Resistance being open, Galaxy's Edge being open. But yeah, don't throw your trash on the ground at Disney World just because you know a cast member will come right behind you and pick it up. It's rude. Uh, it it makes the park look dirty. It is. Uh, it's gross. Uh, just be responsible. I mean, ha- have some respect for Disney and have some respect for the other guests around you. Uh, definitely hold on to your trash. It'll be, I promise, uh, as you're contemplating throwing it on the ground, there should be a trash can popping up next to you. So there should be no reason for you to do that. Another thing we see is it's like, you know, parents really want to ride an attraction. So they force the kid to ride it with them. There's really no reason for this. There's a ride swap system in place. So parents can also enjoy rides that kids either maybe are too scared to ride. They don't want to ride. They're not tall enough to ride. Uh, Disney tries to appeal to everyone. But you always you always feel bad when you see the kid getting forced to ride something that he or she is just not comfortable riding. And I understand parents are listening like, well, I know best for my kid. I know what they'll enjoy. Probably true. But if it if it is beginning to cause a scene or hold up the line or hold up the attraction from starting, that's probably where you just need to you need to maybe tell Disney, hey, can we have a minute to regroup? They won't they won't make you get in the back of the line. They'll let you stay right there and 
regroup if you need to. I can't tell you how many times I've seen this, the the kid crying and screaming because they're scared or they don't want to go on the ride and, and the, the parent or guardian or whoever's with them in that case, you know, forcing them saying, no, we need to do this. We're here. We need to do this. And, and, and trying to guilt their kid into doing this. It's not good. I didn't ride. And, and I, I don't think I've ever told anybody this. I didn't ride my first roller coaster until I was like 10 or 11 years old because I was terrified of roller coasters. I thought you were going to say now, like 20 I mean, or 25. I, I, I thought that was what was going next. I mean, Pete, when I, when I went to Disney World last time with you, you said, Matt, this is my first time on a roller coaster. I might try and hold your hand. <laughs> but, but I mean, kids, kids grow up differently. They are able to handle different things, right? We're in the middle of, of planning my daughter's first trip to Disney. It's probably going to be later on this year. And I know that there are some rides that she's not going to want to ride on. And and that's okay. Like again, don't don't think that just because your kids aren't getting on the rides that you think they're going to enjoy, they're not going to have a good time at Disney World. Everybody has different experiences at Disney World. Tom, your mom doesn't ride what Tower of Terror, Rock and Roller Coaster, or Rock and Roller Coaster. I rock, think rock, rock and Roller Coaster, and and that's fine, right? She she doesn't need to do that to enjoy her trip to Disney World. And and there's no need. You know, I had this experience with my wife. I tried to get her to go on Rock and Roller Coaster and Tower of Terror, and it caused a huge scene because she didn't want to go. And I should have just said, well, that's fine. I'll do it by myself. And that's why you but, have the single rider line that you can go on and in 25 minutes be back to your wife. Correct. Correct. So don't don't force your kids to do things that they're not ready for or they don't, they don't want to go on. Going along with this, don't try to game the height no, requirements. Please either. don't do this. And I, and I say that because it's awful in the sense that, you know, you're tr- you you legitimately know your child is not tall enough to ride this ride, but you're also putting your child at risk. There is a reason that that height requirement is there. And that's just being selfish and saying, I want to ride this ride with my child, and I'm going to put my child at risk for me to have this time on this attraction. If the child's not old enough to, or not, I shouldn't say old enough, tall enough to get on the attraction, you just need to let that go and... You know, have your spouse watch the child while you do the ride or, you know, something along those lines. But you're actually putting your child at risk there, which is a tough pill to swallow. Now, something that drives me crazy in Disney World, in an airport, it doesn't matter where you're at. I don't like these this person. So don't ever be this guy to stop in the dead middle of a walking path when there's a crowd. Just stop for no You know reason. what? Like, past Walt Disney World, don't do this at the grocery store. Don't do this in your general life. Because too many times I'm at the mall or something, and I'm walking to a new shop, and somebody just stops. Or at the grocery store, they just stop. And you have to, like, you know, hold your buggy back so you don't hit them. But at Disney World, there are much more. There are a lot more people than at the grocery store. So when you stop, you're actually causing a big pile up well behind you. And you could run the risk of hurting someone. I also want to add, yourself. too to this stopping deal. Do not go stand in front of the fast pass queue entrance when you're, oh when your fast pass is 10 minutes nuts. away and just stand there because people think you're in line. So they get behind you when actually you're not close to scanning your fast pass. So please don't be that person at Disney world. It happens really badly at, at tower of terror. I've noticed that's one of the worst ones because it's kind of on a hill and it's a tight path back there. So people just go and stand by the entrance to the fast pass queue it causes a major pileup. Get off to the side if you want to have a family discussion. Get get off to the side if you want to talk to the cast member. There's a way to talk to them and stay out of the way so people can continue walking and moving the line. 
it really, really frustrates me. And I know there's probably people that think I'm going over the top here, but yeah, this is this is tough for me. This is tough. Yeah, I, I can't stand this. I can't tell you how many, and especially if it's a big group, right? I mean, because it's never just like one person or two people that stop in the middle of the road. It's it's always a group of seven or eight that, oh, well, where'd grandma go? We need to stop and wait for grandma in the middle of the path. And, and then you're blocking, like you're literally creating a human traffic jam at that point, right? I literally just laughed when you said we need to stop for grandma. No, you assign one person to be grandma's buddy in the park, and that's what you do. Um, the next one, Pete, I'm actually interested to hear your thoughts on this. This is kids on shoulders. And for me, like throughout the day, I understand, you know, you should be working with kingdom strollers so you can actually put your kid in a stroller and walk around the park, but kids are going to get tired. Kids need to be held. Kid needs to be, kids need to be carried and put it on their shoulders. is not a big deal when you're walking, but I think anytime you're viewing a show or a parade, when you put a child on your shoulders, you are literally saying, I don't care about you behind me. You don't get to see, but my child does, which is fine, I guess, in that prerogative. Like everyone's going to put their child first. But what, what's your take on this, Pete? Because you're the only one with a child right now. Well, no, I mean, I, I carry my kid on my shoulders all the time. I, in fact, I did, it, I did it today. But I would not, I would not, you know, if we were, if we were viewing a, a parade or if we were viewing fireworks, I wouldn't put her up on my shoulders. I would, I would hold her in my arms, but but putting her up on your shoulders. Yeah, you're absolutely right. You're telling the people behind you, I don't care that you can't see my kids more important than you. Yeah. I think I think I added this one to the list and I think it was right there about fireworks and parades because as an adult male for the most, I mean, I'm I'm a taller guy. If I had a kid and I hold them on my side or hold them, hold them up high, you know, around my sight line, they're going to see the same thing, same things I can see which is going to be a fairly good view. If I put them on my shoulders, now they're obstructing rows of people behind me, obstructing their view. And for most fireworks shows and parade shows, things are up in the air, so they really don't need to be on your shoulders to see them. Uh, so that was kind of the thought process there. I see it a lot, and I always feel bad for the people that are at Disney World for their one trip in five years, and they happen to get unlucky and be behind someone with a couple parents with both kids on the shoulders because it, it does create a little bit of a wall. And when I... And when I say this, you'll you'll both know this, but when you tell a, a parent to stop putting a child on their shoulders, you're going to have a confrontation as well. So most parents are going to stick up for their kid. You don't have that conversation. Yeah. So that's, all that's going to do is create a confrontation. That's when you just try and move to the right or to the left where you can see a little bit better. But just don't be that guy who puts the kids on the shoulders because you never know who's going to have, you know. Hakeem Olajuwon as a dad, and then all of a sudden you got eight and a half feet in the air you can't see over. Now, the last two things that we have on the list, I'm going to pair them together. So it's the, the droids you can make at Galaxy's Edge and lightsabers you can make. For the most part, I think Disney does a good job of, of handling this and making sure people keep the droids in their in the box they need to be in and, and the lightsabers in the holding cases. But in some instances, people do take them out to play with them. And there's a designated area in Galaxy's Edge for the droids now where you can roll your droid around and, and learn how to use it. And there's cast members there. But don't don't take them out in the parks, not only for the fact that, that you could damage or trip or hurt someone because they're not going to be looking down and seeing them or they're not going to notice you're swinging your lightsaber like a Jedi, but you might actually break what you've just bought. So it's, it's putting yourself at risk too because I'm not really looking down when I'm walking. I'm kind of looking out in front of me. And I'm, I may not notice a droid if it rolls up in between my feet, and I would hate to break something uh, that a kid bought and then 
get into that deal of how are we going to replace it? Whose fault is it? Same deal with lightsabers. Uh, those would hurt if you got hit with them. Uh, they're pretty legit if you if you buy the uh, the more expensive end of lightsabers. So be really careful if you're going to take those out. Try not to swing them around. Try to you know maybe wait till you get out of the park and back to your resort or back home before you play with these. Yeah, one hundred percent. Well, this is a fun topic. It's a topic that we haven't touched on. I think in our entire what one hundred and eight episodes before this, and I think it's one that was needed and one that kind of lets you know or lets you know what to tell your friends they can and can't do at Walt Disney World. Yeah, I feel like this was pretty negative. but <laughs> It was a lot but, of but don't necessary. do this, don't do that. But at the same time, I think that... But but, but necessary, right? I mean, because you're, you're right. It's, it's, it's very frustrating to go, you know, to be somebody who goes to Disney World as often as, as we do and to... To have this kind of thing happen, and, and and it's like these people have never been out in public before, right? So, <laughs> I, and I, I think if you if you don't remember anything that we've talked about here tonight, just remember be considerate to other people, think about other people, and I think I'm going to get like really philosophical here, but I think that's the biggest problem in our society is that people are not considerate to other people, and and it just creates all kinds of problems. I mean it. Think about it when you're driving, when you're when you're in the grocery store. If people would just be a little bit more considerate of each other, I think I think it'd solve a whole lot of problems. Yes, yeah. that's my that's my uh, moral lesson of the I day. Mean, I guess I think at the end of the day, if you're kind of wondering what you should or should not do in Walt Disney World, just go with a golden rule. Golden rule: treat yourself or treat others how you would like to be treated. I, I think that's just the bottom line here. All right, when, anything else to say? Uh, anything else to say on this? I think we talked it to death. Don't be that guy. And hopefully we never have to talk about this again. I'm sure we will. Uh, let's go to the uh, trivia question secret of the of the week. What do we got, Tom? The secret of the night kind of blows my mind. But uh, did you know there are 126 speakers on each train in Disney's rock and roller coaster attraction? And so, I mean, I know it's a long train, but 126 speakers uh, really kind of blew me away there. I can tell you, I think I hear all 126 every time I ride that. As the the older I get, the louder the rock and roll music gets. Still, still a great attraction, and I uh, just figured I'd share that with you. Uh, trivia question from last week was kind of a tough one. If you remember, we were talking about well, the ten the worst attractions at Disney World. So I guess back to back negative episodes here. But and we were claiming Stitch's Great Escape was still open because, of course, it's never been officially closed. So the trivia question to remind you from last week was. If you were lucky enough to land in the main theater for Stitch's Great Escape, you would have exited into Merchants of Venus, which was a merchandise store in Tomorrowland. When looking on the inside of the exit doors, what name is written in a fake alien language? The name written is Mickey on one door and Mouse on the other, so of course Mickey Mouse is the name we were looking for. Going to the trivia question of this week, staying with the rock and roller coaster theme from The Secret, how tall is the guitar in front of the rock and roller coaster attraction at Hollywood Studios? So a fan favorite for a picture uh, that most people see. It, it is really cool to look at. But uh, what we're looking for is how tall is the guitar in front of the rock and roller coaster at Disney's Hollywood Studios. You can tweet us your guesses at Podcast or email us at mendowdw at gmail.com. Look forward to all the participation. 
All right, well, that's all we have for this week. Please tune in next week for some more Disney magic. Look for us on the Twitter at MendoWDWPodcast. If you have any suggestions, please tweet us or email us at MendoWDW at gmail.com. Also, please check out our Patreon at patreon.com slash MendoWDW. If you enjoyed the podcast, please subscribe and leave us a review. It really does help us out. Thank you so much for listening and giving us the most valuable thing you have, your time. We'll see you next week.